0: Each episode is available for .1 ASHA CEUs and has an accompanying audio course on SpeechTherapyPD.com. We are offering an audio course subscription special coupon code to listeners of this podcast to earn ASHA CEUs. Type the word keys for $20 off. This subscription gives you access to all existing and new audio courses from SpeechTherapyPD.com. With hundreds of audio courses on demand and new courses released weekly, it's only $59 per year with the code word KEYS. Visit SpeechTherapyPD.com KEYS and start earning ASHA CEUs today. Thanks for joining us at KEYS for SLPs, opening new doors for speech-language pathologists to better serve clients throughout the lifespan. A weekly audio course and podcast from SpeechTherapyPD.com. I'm your host, Mary Beth Hines, a curious SLP who embraces lifelong learning. Keys for SLPs brings you experts in the field of speech-language pathology, as well as collaborative professionals, patients, and caregivers to discuss therapy strategies, research, challenges, triumphs, and career opportunities. Engage with a range of practitioners from young innovators to pioneers in the field as we discuss a variety of topics to help the inspired clinician thrive. Welcome back. We are so happy that you are joining us for the second episode of our first ever double header to talk about keys to determining and directing our digital drivers. As a reminder for this live episode to get live CEUs, you must log into your speechtherapypd.com account and complete the entire course content by the end of the day today. We will have the opportunity to ask live questions at the end of the podcast, so please type your questions in the chat box. Here are the financial and non-financial disclosures. Mary Beth Hines is the host of Keys for SLP's podcast and receives compensation from SpeechTherapyPD.com. Trevor Graves owns her own company. She has authored two books and receives royalties from the sale of her books. She receives compensation from SpeechTherapyPD.com for this episode. There are no non-financial disclosures for Mary Beth or Treva. For those of you who missed the first episode, here's a little bit about our guest today, Treva Graves. Treva is the founder and CEO of Bloom Personal Branding. She is a speech-language pathologist with over 25 years' experience in healthcare, education, and private practice. In 2013, she pivoted from working with individuals with disordered communication to working with business professionals on communication techniques. Treva brings her own unique perspective on how to determine your digital drivers as a speech-language pathologist today. She is a sought-after speaker, career coach, and certified personal and digital brand strategist. Treva has (laughs) authored two books and is a regular guest on the talk show, Kilo Land Living on CBS, where she shares her expertise on image, communication skills, and etiquette, to a large audience of followers. So welcome back, Treva. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think I messed up the word strategist on both intros. So <laughs> oh, well, perfectly that's a, imperfect. <laughs> yeah. It's a mouthful to say. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's dive in. We have some listeners who are social media gurus and we have some who are just starting to use social media To enhance their professional presence, they may have used it personally, but now they're switching gears to use it professionally. Mm -hmm. So let's start with an overview of social media platforms.
1: Yeah. Well, as they say, if you're not using it or on it, you are just you're lost. You got to (laughs) be on social media. (laughs) (laughs) Or I should say online, digitally. So let's just, you know, some of these numbers that I'm going to share with you, and I've got some notes here. So, but some of these numbers are absolutely unbelievable to even like comprehend. So I'm going to give you some numbers on monthly active users right now. Okay. On Facebook alone, and these are all current, this is 2021 knowledge here. 2.7 2.7 billion, not million, 2.7 billion people visit Facebook every month. Yeah, it's just mind boggling.
0: That's crazy. Um,
1: Instagram, 1.16 billion users monthly. And here's an interesting one, TikTok. Now, I have an account on TikTok. I don't use it for anything I think I have it just because my daughter's on it and I'm just looking at all these crazy videos. But TikTok has about 689 million monthly active users. The reason I mentioned TikTok is that this is the social media platform that has grown the most over the last really year or two. So, you know, if you're trying to connect and build an audience with young people, you know, the the demographic for that is for like age 10 through early 20s, you know, TikTok might be where you should be. <laughs> and then all the way over to LinkedIn, 350 million users a month, uh, Snapchat, 238 million. So I mean, the numbers are kind of mind-boggling when you think about it, but it's where you need to be to, you know, build your brand online. Some other things I just wanted to mention quick, that video is probably more relevant today than it ever has been. You know, when social media started, and I'll even look back like on my Facebook account from when I first joined you know, you might just put in a line, words, and then it kind of evolved into words and pictures. But now it's about video. It's all about video. There's lots of research to back up the fact that if you just posted a photo versus video, you're going to get much more engagement and interest in what you're trying to say, just because people want to see how you sound is, you know, is her voice friendly? Um, it's just a better way to connect with your audience if you're trying to build a presence online. So, uh, interesting. yes, video is where it's at today. A lot of people use videos to tell a story. You know, a lot of businesses will have a video story, which are just an amazing way to connect with your audience the video that you use keep this in mind the adult attention span is about 8 seconds adult um, adults yes that's 1 second less than a goldfish so if you <laughs> don't have something very compelling to share that will you know keep their attention they'll click off of it you know so just little tidbits you know, to keep in mind as you think about just all of the different social media platforms that are out there today. I mean, there's a new one, Clubhouse. Clubhouse is strictly audio. There are no pictures, no video. It's just audio. And it also is set up to where you have to be invited to participate. Now, I think in 2022, they are taking that away. I think it's, Eventually everyone can just get on it, but, but okay. clubhouse is another one that has grown tremendously I'm not familiar with that one. How old is that?
0: Is clubhouse uh, like
1: maybe a, under two years old. Okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty new.
0: Okay. Pretty new. So that's interesting in an age where video seems to yeah. be the rage to have an audio only very, so yeah. mm-hmm. does it work in the same format as Facebook or what is the format of clubhouse?
1: I am not on that platform, but again, it's kind of like rooms. You know, if you've ever used Facebook rooms, okay, you have rooms of people that might congregate to talk about a topic. Okay. Or share your thought leadership, those words again that I just talked about. But yeah, so. Well, it's
0: interesting. I know with kids and and adults, you know, we were all kind of thrown into Zoom and similar platforms at the beginning of the pandemic. And um, a lot of people did not want to have their video on. So (laughs) I wonder if Clubhouse evolved
1: out of that sentiment. Right, right. So and maybe they're trying to just set themselves apart you know, Mm -hmm. from the other platforms out there, but yes. Which is um, probably
0: why you had to be invited because if you couldn't see a person,
1: you know, for safety reasons. Sure. Very interesting. Okay. Anything else that's new and upcoming? Well, just one other little tidbit I'll share before we jump in our next topic. But if you are an SLP who is looking for a job, I found this little tidbit of information important. So it used to be, I'd be curious to know in the chat, how many of our participants are on LinkedIn? I'm just curious because when we typically look for a job now, we want to make sure that we have our LinkedIn all updated with a great headshot. Headshots are very important. You want, you need to have a, a professional one on there with all of our you know our bios our taglines our education etc but in 2017 92% of hr managers were using linkedin as a place to vet candidates okay interestingly enough today those numbers have dropped about 20% so 72% of HR managers are vetting candidates on LinkedIn. Where did that 20% go? It went to Instagram. So about 37% of HR managers now are vetting candidates on Instagram. So my advice to you, if you're looking for a new job, is to have your LinkedIn fully updated, And make sure your Instagram account is clean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, just making sure your photos are appropriate. Nothing negative on there. Because I guarantee you, I talk with hiring managers all the time. If you have anything on your social media feeds with anything that's suggestive, you know, alcohol, I mean, anything that is, not professional, that is something that they highly consider. So just make sure that your social, really all of it should be clean and nice and pretty. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah. So
0: that is interesting because on LinkedIn, there's really not an opportunity to have anything other than professional images, content. Right. But, you know, on Instagram, it is by nature more casual. So that is good advice to those seeking employment.
1: Yes. Just some things to think about. And, you know, everything from how you spell things, no matter what platform you're on, your spelling and grammar, they will look at any references to alcohol or drugs, obviously, sometimes even political posts they don't, I mean, if it's real, you know, radical, they might Mm -hmm. kind of make an assumption about you. And then the last thing they really look for too, and this is coming right from the mouths of HR managers, anything where you are showing your body, like lots of skin, not appropriate. So there you go. (laughs) Okay. And these were HR
0: managers in regard to SLPs or just HR in general, in general. In
1: general. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, thank you yeah. for sharing. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, for
0: clarification purposes, can you define what a? And we're going to get into it in more detail later. But just at the very beginning, can you define what digital driver is?
1: Yes. So all of us have. Digital drivers, and whether you are an SLP who is maybe wanting to start your own business in a private practice, maybe you're an SLP that wants to start a blog and share your thought leadership, your digital drivers include a couple of things. It includes the content that you create, so your credible content, your thought leadership. I'm going to say that word a lot or those words a lot today so it's your content and your audience attractors so it has to do with the content you're going to push out there to your audience and within that is your digital driver it's what's going to drive that content and your audience attractors so okay. for example let me give you let me give you an example so when i create my content i of course have my avatar or my audience already niched down. We kind of talked about that in our previous session. So I've got my content, I've got the audience niched down. And that's too, when you're thinking about who you want to reach for your audience, that this is where things like Google ads, Facebook ads, you know, if you're trying to maybe sell something or sell a coaching package or your therapy sessions or whatever, that's when ads like in Google or Facebook mm-hmm. um, helps you target your audience. So that your information gets in front of the audience that you want to reach. You know, you can set all of that up. You know, I want to reach people. Let's say it's just people in your area from the ages of, you know, 20 to 50. And I want to reach women and I want to reach, you know, even women in certain professions. I mean, you can really niche it down. So ads and targeting ads are really important when you're trying to push your content, especially if you're trying to sell something, but my digital drivers, once I've got my content created and my, I know my audience, My digital drivers are things like this. They are, my content is related to personal branding. That's a digital driver for me. Career development. I help people prepare or train people in, you know, building their career, whether it's in communication skills or uh, branding, their professional image, maybe it's business etiquette and networking. So, career development is a digital driver for me. Okay. Um, speaking is a digital driver for me. I love to go out and speak. My coaching, you know, I want to be known as a coach. So these are my digital drivers. These are my sort of caveats that i, I have expertise in that I am pushing out on in the digital world through sharing my content and reaching my audience. So if I'm trying to sell a coaching package, for example, I create content and maybe I buy some ads and target those ads to get my information in front of the right people. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. Okay. (laughs) It's just a different, I mean, it's not a term that you hear every day, a digital driver. What is that? So, but yeah, in the digital branding world, you will hear digital drivers. And, and if you work with any digital marketing people, that is something that they would visit with you about. So,
0: okay. So your digital driver is the vehicle, which you get your content out.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yes. So yep. it's your car. <laughs> it's your
1: car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So it's kind of like this. It's where your strengths and passions and your customer pains intersect. So how can my expertise help my customer? You know, is it through coaching, speaking, training, writing an article, personal branding, developing them for their career? So if you think about it like that, that'll help you determine your digital drivers as well.
0: Okay. So your expertise meets their their needs pain or what they need help with.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. So if you're a, you know a speech pathologist, you have you know your therapy sessions and let's say your customer or your client is whether it's a child or an adult, you know, what are their needs? You know, here's my strengths Here's their needs. Your driver is where those two circles intersect, and that's your expertise, your coaching, your therapy, your leadership. That's how you kind of think about it.
0: Okay. All right. Well, thank you. So how do you create an SLP professional presence on virtual platforms? hmm So as a speech language pathologist, how do we create this professional presence on virtual platforms?
1: Right, right. And so when I think about if I was going to push out content, obviously, I'm not going to push it out on every single platform that there is. I mean, there's so many platforms out there. There's probably ones I don't even know about, but for me, I have to think about my customer. So as an SLP, where are my customers? Where are their habits on social media? And I would pick maybe two or three platforms. I certainly don't have time to get on every single platform and push mm-hmm. content. Now they have places like, or websites like Sprout Social, or Buffer, Hootsuite. If you pay a membership, like um, maybe it's $39 a month or something, you can go in there and they have access to maybe 10 of the most popular virtual platforms, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Reddit, you know, all of those, YouTube. Okay. And you create a post. You can then... Connect all of your social media addresses into, like, let's just say Hootsuite. Okay. And then you create your post and then you can link them to all of those platforms. You set a day, you set a time, and then boom, it goes out at that time. So you're not having to sit down at, you know, eight o'clock at night. Okay. I want to push one out here. But if you, I mean, you can do it individually. Or you can pay a fee to some of these, you know, websites that specialize in, you know, social media posting. So you don't have to do it one by one, but there is a fee for that.
0: So how about, so so let's say you use the service and it's one-stop shopping and you, you have one post and it gets sent to 10 different platforms. mm -hmm. Then how do you reply to comments on those posts on the 10 different platforms?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So they're typically on these websites like HootSuite, they have mailbox, you know, inboxes. So if somebody comments, it's going to end up in your inbox and, you know, you're going to have to take some time and go in and answer all those questions. But I typically pick two or three. So, for example, my digital tools are a couple of websites like I use LinkedIn, obviously, like YouTube, and I like Instagram. So for me, for whatever reason, I've kind of, you have kind of have to, it's a trial and error type of thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And for whatever reason, I get way more engagement on my Instagram than I do on Facebook. I don't know why, but i just do and maybe it's because of hashtagging you know that's another thing to consider is instagram is big on hashtagging facebook really isn't i mean you could put a couple but facebook is not the hashtag king like instagram is you know even linkedin you know you might put maybe two or three or four hashtags but It's a lot of work to kind of determine best times, you know, what days of the week to post. There's a lot to consider. And what I have found is on some of these websites, it will tell you, okay, this post on Instagram, it... Tracks your followers so they know when they're looking at your feed. It's amazing how they do this. I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) But eventually, you will learn through all of your posting and the likes and the comments and everything, you will learn when your followers are online and when they're looking at your posts and your feeds. And these websites like Hootsuite will tell you, okay, Trevor, it looks like your Instagram followers are looking at your content at noon or 8 p.m. That's the highest level of involvement you've got going on. So when you post, then I would choose, okay, I want this to go out at noon Mm -hmm. or 8 p.m. So That's why consistency on social media is key. You have to show up literally every day. It is a job. It's a job. If you really want to build, and it doesn't matter if you're an SLP, if you're somebody like me, or if you want to be an influencer of some sort, it's showing up literally every single day and pushing out. Content, your thought leadership. Yeah, it's a okay. big job. <laughs> it, it is,
0: and we'll get into uh, different uh, ways to handle that a little bit later on. Yeah, because um, you do have to have another job too. So, <laughs> yeah, it can't be a full-time job.
1: Right, um, right.
0: All right. So you have used the terms extract, express and exudes. Can mm-hmm. you, as far as the digital branding process goes, mm-hmm. can you talk about
1: that a little bit? Yeah. Yes. So the three areas, extract, express, and exude is really part of the digital branding process. And I know this may sound so overwhelming. There's so much to know about how social media works. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't figured this out all by myself. I mean, I've had help from people who know what they're doing and I've learned some things along the way, but if you're really serious about, you know, starting your own practice or really becoming an influencer and sharing your thought leadership, I would highly suggest talking maybe to other SLPs that are blogging and doing something like how you are. I would also talk to maybe a digital marketing agency or person who specializes in this that can help you get started. I do help people build their digital brand, but I won't say that I'm this You know, I'm not a guru of that, but I know enough now after being in this world for about five years that I've learned a few tricks of the (laughs) trade along the way. So (laughs) uh, let's talk about extract. So extract, this is where you really, this is the foundation of your digital brand. You're learning how to articulate it. You're building your audience and you're setting goals. And that's really important too, is to, you know, 2022 is now upon us. And I don't know about you, but I like to set some goals and, you know, hopefully I keep up with them and and keep track of them as the year goes on. But setting some digital brand goals for yourself is very important. The next step in that process is once you've kind of you've got the kind of that foundation and you figured out your avatar or your audience and you've set some goals for yourself, then you want to create your messaging. That's the express. It's defining your brand voice. What is your voice? Do you come across as sincere and warm? You know, sometimes you're not always online they're not always hearing your voice mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. how do you come across online again see it's about perception not just what i look like but you know looking at my content what does that say about you so developing your brand voice creating your content and using your digital tools and your digital tools are things like your website your social media platforms, are you creating a course, a webinar, are you on a podcast, are, you know, writing articles, those are all digital tools that are a part of your messaging. And then finally, the exude part is your influence. So this is where you really have to sit down and come up with a social media plan on how to push all of this out. So many times, you know, you will see people like on Instagram and, you know, they're running campaigns and giveaways and, you know, building their followers. I mean, all of that is strategically planned. That isn't just off the cuff. Oh, I'm going to, you know, be the next, I don't know who's popular on there. There's so many people popular on there, but If you truly want to be someone who is of influence, you really have to have a a social media plan. And that's using like a calendar, a content calendar, where you're planning out your entire calendar for the month, really. What are you going to push out every Monday? You know, a lot of times they say, mix it up. So one day you might want to show a picture of, your family, doing something fun. Maybe one day it's a quote or something Something. motivational. Another day of the week, maybe you're writing an article or a blog. Really, there's one day of the week where you might actually be pushing out a sell, like you want to sell something or buy this. So you got to mix it up. It can't be all sell, sell, sell. sell. (laughs) There's got to be fun, fluffy stuff in your calendar, but then there's got to be some of your thought leadership. And if you're trying to sell your therapy services, you know, that might be honestly one day a week where you're pushing out a sell. It's going to take many touches for a customer to actually buy from you. So You got to show your personality, your passion, your expertise, all of those things kind of go into your brand voice and what you're doing. So yeah. Okay. That's kind of that whole process. And it takes time. It's not like it's going to happen right away overnight. Like I said, you have to be consistent and, you know, show up every day. Like I mentioned before. So it's that's Mm -hmm. those are important keys to remember.
0: So you feel like let's say, for example, someone is starting a private practice, you feel like they should be pushing something out every day.
1: I think that if you're not pushing something out every day, I mean, maybe on a Sunday, you wouldn't have to, but I would say if you're new and you're trying to build your presence and get people to notice you and get people to like you i'd be pushing content out 5 days a week i mean eventually once you've got you know a following or you know you've built up your business i mean maybe you could cut that back to about 3 days a week but again it's how you you have to connect you have to be consistent and you have to be credible and that probably leads us into the digital <laughs> influence factor <laughs> Being credible, you know, sharing yes, it your yeah, connecting, engaging with your audience, you know, posing questions on social media is a good idea and being consistent and it's showing up. Yeah, every day. Okay, so that digital influence factor, is this just a
0: tool that we use casually or is there like a way of gauging when when you say factor, I think of number, like, is there a way of gauging what your digital influence factor is, or is it just a way of describing your influence?
1: Well, okay. So to me, it's, so it's a combination of, again, credibility, consistency, and connectedness. So, you know, you could gauge that through, likes and followers and, you know, building, you know, the more followers you have, the more your, well, your influence grows, of course, Mm -hmm. but your community grows and, you know, liking and sharing and offering maybe, you know, freebies or, you know, whatever that may be. There's not really a number. It's more of just creating this brand of who you are online and you have to be connected and be engaging with your audience for them to like you, you know, for them to feel comfortable and for them to trust you. And again, yeah, it takes time and it takes effort to do that. So the more consistent you are with posting things, videos, sharing articles. And sometimes the articles might not even be what you write. Maybe you come across a great article that you want to, you know, share on one of your platforms. That's great too. Another thing that you can do, and everybody does this, is to repurpose content. So you don't always have to invent the wheel. Maybe you see an article or something that you like and you share it, but maybe you put your own spin on it. So lots of content is recycled and repurposed, and you can jazz it up mm-hmm. in many different ways with different pictures, different quotes. You know, I use Canva a lot to create my posts just to make it pretty and engaging, posing questions, you know, like Instagram is really big on that. Where you put little stickers and things on your posts and in your stories that engage your audience. And, you know, don't be afraid to share your expertise. A lot of people think, well, if I just tell them everything, they're not going to come see me, you know, and that's absolutely not true. The more that you engage and share some of your little secrets, the more apt that they are going to. Like your page, follow you, and buy something from you.
0: Well, that is very interesting. And then, as far as repurposing an article or reposting, you know, when you do that personally, you don't need the same type of permission. But if you are reposting something and representing your business, so let's say you have your own private practice, or let's say you have a blog, and let's say your position is is thought leadership and you Mm -hmm. are reposting someone else's thoughts. What kind of permission do you need? Or is it just a matter of you
1: can use it as long as they
0: haven't told you that you can't.
1: I would always give credit to where it's due. So I would never take credit for something I did not write, but if you are repurposing content and putting your own spin on it, That's okay. Because you know what? Everybody does it. Everybody does it. Now, I would not do that if it was a research article where there's like actual scientific data. I would never probably put my spin on that because that's actual true research. I would share that. Share with with a caption.
0: I I found this interesting. I found this helpful. This is um, promising research.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So that's how I'd handle that situation.
0: Okay. Yeah. But as far as it being someone else's article, giving them, you know, of course I didn't, I didn't mean in any way to, to say that anyone should take credit for, for something that they did not write, but I was just right. wondering what the, didn't
1: want I mean, anyone it's like, to It's like this. So if you think about like leadership, how do you teach people leadership skills? Well, leadership has not changed over you know, years and years and years, the basic leadership skills are always the same. yeah, I mean, they're you know, <laughs> going through all the well, steps to become a leader. You know, it's how do you handle conflict? How do you express empathy? How do you lead teams? How do you run meetings? I mean, there are basic principles with that that typically really, you know, if you go back fifty years, it's probably still some of the same things. So you can share that and maybe put your own thoughts into that as well, you know, give them a tip or a strategy or something, but, but that's kind of what I mean by that. It's kind of like sharing a recipe, (laughs) you know, it's like, here's my grandmother's (laughs) potato salad recipe, but this is hers, (laughs) but this is what I do with it, you know?
0: Yes. Yes. I just had my That's grandmother's a potato example.
1: salad over the weekend, so <laughs> came
0: to my mind. I might have to ask you about that. I do love a good potato salad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> was it the oil and vinegar? Or was it more of a cream base? Oh, it was cream base. Okay, I like both. Okay, all right. <laughs> So we've talked about what digital drivers are. We've talked about the digital influence factor. Let's dive in a little bit deeper into how to determine digital drivers.
1: Well, we kind of talked about that. How to determine your digital drivers is through that credible content and your audience attractors. And then, you know, how am I going to push out my content? And that's through my drivers, which are coaching training you know career development personal branding that's my presence that's my gig on social media those are my digital drivers and so and talking about your passion
0: yes how does your passion determine
1: your digital drivers right so i mean passion is important when you're creating your content because it's going to help You know, if people see your passion, they're more apt to connect with you if you are what they're looking for and what they need. Remember, your customers or your clients have needs, and it's your job as a whether you're a business professional, a therapist in business for yourself, but you connect with them through what they need. And so if they see your passion, And your brand voice is, you know, kind of aligns with their personality. They're more apt to support you, follow you, buy something from you, come to you for therapy, that type of thing. So showing your passion online is really important. And you can share that in your thought leadership if you're writing something even in your linkedin in your profiles and you know sharing your story there it's just a way to get and build engagement and connections is through your okay. passion yeah okay so
0: you've determined your digital drivers you mm-hmm. have let's see extracted expressed and exuded you've shown your passion mm-hmm. and Everything you're doing, everything you're supposed to be doing, but now we need to think about your SEO. So tell us how that relates to everything else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you can create this amazing website and you can have this phenomenal content that you are ready to push out there. Off of your website. I'm talking about website here now. But if you do not have good SEO search engine optimization, the chances are they will never see or hear about you or find you on Google. So it's important to know how Google works. I mean, it's the most used search engine in the world. And to have good, SEO is expensive. It's going to cost you a few thousand dollars to get it set up. But once it's set up, it runs like a well-oiled machine. There's ways to, in essence, pay (laughs) to get your business. You know, somebody Googles speech therapist in, I don't know, Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. So In order to get your business at the top, you're going to have to pay for that most likely through search engine optimization. And so, my suggestion, because that is more technical, I would be working with someone who knows SEO inside and out. So, but it is critical for the success of your business. Absolutely. Okay.
0: And you said it's it can be expensive to get it set up, but once it's set up, yeah. Um it works for you. But is there how long will it work for you before you have to change it? Or is it something that has to be constantly monitored because you're that you just paid to get your name at the top in Nashville, Tennessee, and now someone else is starting their own practice. Yeah. And they're so you do well. So How do you maintain that positioning?
1: Yes, you do kind of have to have someone who specializes in that. And again, this could be a, it could be kind of almost like a monthly bill that you have as a business owner to have somebody keep tabs on it because it does change. But once it starts clicking, you know, granted, I just said there's going to be change, you know, if there are other speech therapist in the area or whatever, but but you have to keep up with it. And, you know, I have the person who developed my website. You know, I kind of pay her a monthly fee to keep my website and my SEO, you know, going. So, yeah, she does keep tabs on it. It's one of those added business expenses that is necessary. It's like, I always say, it's like buying tires for your car. I mean, who wants to buy tires when I could go have fun doing something else? SEO is like those tires. You have to have it to (laughs) gain Mm -hmm. traction and keep that traction going. So, but talk to someone who is a master expert in that field. That's my recommendation. Okay. Yes. Good advice.
0: Okay, so one of our objectives of this podcast slash audio course was to talk Mm -hmm. about the role of storytelling in today's Mm -hmm. digital age. And as Mm -hmm. SLPs, we always love a good story. Mm -hmm. Um, And you mentioned that you actually just took a course on storytelling as it Mm -hmm. relates to business. So tell us about the role of storytelling in today's digital age and your tips for sharing personal and professional stories.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, as you mentioned, storytelling on digital now is really very compelling because people want that. They want that interaction. They want to get to know you. They want to see your passion. And we do this best by telling stories about ourselves. Some people are not comfortable you know, handing out their background online. You know, you do have to kind of be comfortable with sharing parts of yourself online. But, you know, as you think about creating your credible content, you have to learn how to express it in a way that shows your passion for what you do. And that's why really people would buy something from you is because they see that passion and that knowledge in you. I mean, when you're looking for a therapist, you know, I'm going to be looking at, gosh, is he or she somebody who I feel like I could talk to? What does she sound like? Or what is he, what is his background? I mean, just showing that passion and that energy through your content, whether it's video, like I mentioned, which is hot right now, and probably will continue to be hot until we, move into something else, you know, recently this thing called augmented, uh, what is it? Augmented reality or augmented. There's some new thing coming out. Maybe you all know it better than I do. I don't know it yet, (laughs) but it's kind of on. I haven't heard of that. So if if anyone knows
0: anything, if any of our participants uh, want to comment about this, feel free.
1: Augmented reality, Mark Zuckerberg talked about this Facebook and Insta are going to start moving toward this new level of video, but I need to do a little more research on that, but meta world. Okay. So it's something with augmented reality. I don't know. Maybe it's like those glasses you put on and it feels like you're in, you know, in this other world. (laughs) (laughs) Meta universe. Yes. Yes. He talked about meta universe. Meta universe. I
0: saw that. Universe. Okay. Yeah.
1: But that's, you're going to see some big, huge changes in Facebook and Instagram coming up real soon in a different sort of reality space, I guess. But anyway, I kind of got off track there, but. Um, that's okay. It's a conversation. That's a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so again, interesting. Um, Yes, when you write a story, it's, you know, keying in on your credible content and, you know, what drives you to do what you do? You know, why are you in speech pathology? Why do you want to help people, whether it's kids, adults, whatever, what is important to your audience? What do they want to hear from you? That's another part of stories, writing stories, using your digital drivers, you know, using for me, it's my writing stories related to personal branding or how to be a better speaker how to network better so making sure you're in alignment with your digital drivers and then finally what platforms that you're on are they age appropriate you know who are you trying to talk to selecting stories that are age appropriate for the platform remember i talked about tiktok and that's the younger generation. If you're on Insta, the audience is typically more that 25 to 45. You know, Facebook is a little bit older demographic. LinkedIn, you've got business people. Twitter is more, I would say it's really more commenting and I don't see as much sharing Um, on there, but it's kind of more, I don't know, conversational or sharing a thought, I guess. So each platform has its different, maybe age group and different users, I guess. You know, Pinterest, that's another one that's, that's really big. I never, I've got a Pinterest page. I don't use it that much, but, you know, again, that's, people share a lot of content on Pinterest. So it's really, it's your content. It's what's important to your audience aligning those stories with your digital drivers and selecting stories that are age appropriate for the platform to create trust, engagement, likability. It's all really, when it comes down to it, when you really think about digital branding, Mm -hmm. it's about, do they like you? (laughs) Okay. You know, are they going to like me? That's a big part of it. So.
0: Which is something we mentioned when we were preparing for this doubleheader. You have to have a little bit of thick skin. You Um, do. If you're going to go out into the digital world, you have to have a little bit of
1: thick skin. Can you talk about what your your opinions are about that? Yes. Um, You know, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, sometimes I've had instances where people have made some very negative comments. And, you know, I don't know how these celebrities stand it. Maybe they don't look at the comments, but, you know, I've had some comments that were not very nice. And I thought to myself, my gosh, uh, wow! I just, I would, could never be that cruel, but you do have to have a little bit thicker of skin because people today, highly opinionated, you don't see them. Most of the time they're hiding behind a screen. It can kind of tear at your heartstrings a little bit, but yes, having Mm -hmm. thicker skin and letting it just kind of, okay, fall off my shoulders. I'm not going to even give them any of my time if they're being that negative, but yeah, it can be tough sometimes. especially if you're trying to show your emotion and, you know, build your relatability and then you have somebody say something nasty um, that is out there. So be careful about it. And again, it's, you probably have a hundred people that love you and like you versus this one negative one. So always focus on all the people that love you versus that one negative comment, but dang it. That always seems to stick and I, I don't like it. (laughs) Uh, But that's good advice. Just focus on the positive. Yes. Um, Well, this
0: has been so helpful and I want to remind everyone at this time that we are available to take any questions from the audience. If you have any question related to either this episode or the last episode, you can just write them in the Q&A or the chat. And so I have a question for you while we're waiting to see if anyone else has a question. So specifically on LinkedIn, so for people who are looking for work in our field, and I know that we have speechtherapypd.com is free for students. And as you know, they're getting into their next spring semester, there'll be people out there looking for work. So Mm -hmm. um, what do you suggest including on your LinkedIn bio? I do know that You know, the numbers are down on LinkedIn, but it still probably is very valuable for someone looking for work.
1: Right. And LinkedIn is still very, very relevant. I mean, you should have a presence on LinkedIn. I mean, I've got a friend who is in my leadership cohort for ASHA and she was happy in her job. And all of a sudden she gets a message from another company looking for a speech therapy leader in a hospital and she's like, I wasn't even looking for a job. And here they actually recruited her away from the job she was in and got a new job. So there's powerful networking in there. So take advantage of it. But I would definitely, mm-hmm. a couple of quick things, make sure your headshot is professional and appropriate. There are many people on LinkedIn who still don't have headshots and you do need to have one of those. I would have a tagline like, What are you known for? You know, I help people, blah, blah, blah. Um, Tell people what your tagline or your brand positioning statement is. And then also sharing, you know, in that summary section, you know, write it in the form of a story. Tell them about you. Be a little bit more personable in that section. That's okay. Okay. You can always list your bullet points down in the your experience where you're listing the job and what you did. Okay. You can list that there, but take that little space there in this I think it's called the summary and just, you know, write a little story about who you are and what you love to do, what's your passion and, you know, what you're looking for in work if that's what you're looking for as a job. So, it's okay to be different. Don't worry okay. about being cookie cutter be you. We live in a world today where being unique and being yourself is so okay. So don't hide who you are. Be you. So even though it's a professional networking tool,
0: it's okay Mm -hmm. to include some personal attributes, but not too many. Any suggestions on, you know,
1: well, I mean, I would read things
0: about yourself, but you know, not 10. No, I mean, I wouldn't, you
1: know, put my sob story on there. (laughs) But I mean, just, you know, if you're speaking from the heart and showing your authenticity and your passion for your job and what you do, or if you're a student who is graduating and sharing, gosh, you know, I got into this field of speech pathology because I just, you know, I love working with children. They, you know, bring joy to me. I, you know, I have built special connections with children. Here's something I did. I mean, share results. Um, if you've got some results, take a few sentences and share that and use words that are key words. You know, if you're someone who, you know, is a you know, a motivator or a great team player, use words related to that because HR professionals sometimes will go through resumes or go through LinkedIn's and they might put in five words that they're looking for. So utilize the words that you want the HR people to know about you, if that makes sense. Because there's little programs that they use to vet people. Excellent.
0: Very good tips. Well, we are... Just about out of time. Time sure flies when you're having fun, right? (laughs) (laughs) And this was
1: fun. Do you
0: have anything that you want to share before we go?
1: Let's see. What can I tell you? What haven't I shared? I think the most important thing really when you are creating your digital brand is just being authentically you. Share your authenticity. Share your passion. Share your why. Why do you do it? Why is this valuable to you? And if you can do that through a story, through your thought leadership, writing a blog, an article, whatever it is, people will be much more apt to connect with you if you do share a little bit about yourself. Because, you know, we're not perfect and it's okay. It's okay not to be perfect. So, don't be afraid to just be you. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you for that. It has been so fun working with you.
0: Thank you for joining us for our first ever double header. <laughs> I think we'll have a double header again. I feel like it was a success. And you certainly gave us a lot to consider when determining our digital drivers. Mm-hmm. And to our listeners, thanks for joining us and provided keys to open new doors for you. And if you would like to earn CEUs as live credit, please log into your speechtherapypd.com account and complete all course modules for each episode by the end of the day today. Okay, well, thank you very much. I hope everyone has a great evening and good luck in the next year. Thanks for joining us here at Keys for SLPs, providing keys to open new doors to better serve our clients throughout the lifespan. Remember to go to speechtherapypd.com to learn more about earning ASHA CEUs for this episode and more. Thanks for your positive reviews and support. I would love for you to write a quick review and subscribe. Keep up the good work.